Hello and welcome to episode one of The Complete Works Season 3, a deep dive into the career and films of actor Michelle Yeoh. My name is Mike Smith and joining me on this journey into the Yeohiverse is my friend, co-host and fellow psychopath. <laughs> Mike Takushio. How are you doing today, Mike? Uh, I'm doing great. Um, for a little behind the scenes thing, Mike told me that I was probably going to enjoy whatever little intro thing I, he had, but he wasn't going to tell me beforehand. Yes. Uh, but I think that's an incredible pun. Good job, Mike. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. It's uh, so far cageaholic, goldblumaniac. I think psychopath might be the best one that I've done. Best slash worst one that's <laughs> that has happened so far. <laughs> it's the most subtle, I think. And that's worth something. Exactly. Yes. The one I really had to think the hardest for. And uh, yeah. so I'm pretty proud of it for that reason. Uh, so, Mike, the fans voted for it. It's finally happening. Season three of The Complete Works is officially underway. And earlier this year, upon completion of season two of this podcast, in which we discussed uh, every single movie that Jeff Goldblum ever starred in, uh, we put a poll out there online to determine who would be the subject of season three. Uh, of course, you remember this, Mike. Yeah, oh, f- uh, vividly, <laughs> yes. Like I, like it was just two months ago. Exactly. <laughs> well, for us, it'll, it's about two months ago. When this episode comes out, it'll be like three months ago, probably. Whoa, time, podcast time travel. Yeah, exactly. So uh, the criteria for our poll was as follows. One, the person had to be female because we've had two male-centric seasons of the podcast. Kind of felt like it was time. Uh, two, the person had to be in movies that dated back at least 20 years. And three, the person could not have starred in any movies with Jeff Goldblum. However, Nicolas Cage movies were back on the table, although I don't think any of our candidates were in any Nicolas Cage movies. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. So uh, following those guidelines... We settled on four candidates, and we let Twitter decide who would be the subject of our new season. Jamie Lee Curtis, Winona Ryder, Natalie Portman, or Michelle Yeoh. And in a runaway victory that uh, I would say I found pretty surprising, Michelle Yeoh ended up winning the poll, taking in 42% of the votes. Yes. Yeah, there was a day or two where it wasn't exactly clear who was going to pull ahead. But yeah. once Michelle Yeoh opened up a lead, that there was no coming back. Pretty much, yeah. The next runner-up was Renona Ryder. Uh, she held 24%. So 42, dropping down all the way to 24 there. Wow. <laughs> uh, both of those, by the way, were Mike D's picks. He chose Renona Ryder and Michelle Yeoh in the polls. So uh, clearly... You've got your finger on the pulse of our culture, uh, much more than I do, I guess. Yes, I, I know what the people want. Yes, uh, I, and I think part of that was also because uh, Everything Everywhere All at Once had just come out when we did the poll, and people were going nuts for it, uh, as they should be. It's a great movie. Yeah, and Stranger Things started the week we put the poll out, or, or the trailer? I, th- I think the trailer something? dropped the week we put the poll out, or something like that. At this point, it's been, it feels like it was so long ago, the entire season has come out now, Mike. There were two separate drops of the season, and they both happened already. <laughs> Crazy. Oh, it was the trailer for Thor. That was the other the, one. That the trailer that for Thor came out, and I believe Stranger Things, the actual, the first seven episodes of the season came out that week, too. Yeah. The, the only one that didn't get any kind of boost that week, pop culture-wise, was Jamie Lee Curtis, I guess, uh, which, yeah, a little bit of a bummer. Although she's also in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes. Yeah. I We we hedged our bets that we were going to get to cover that movie at some point, yes. uh, somehow. <laughs> and we did it. It would have been very funny if uh, our other candidates were like... <laughs> Jonathan Kihuan, uh, <laughs> like just the, the other cast members of <laughs> Everything Everywhere All at Once. Yes. <laughs> that would have been pretty great. Uh, so today, 
We are beginning our journey talking about the entire career of Michelle Yeoh, one movie at a time, from Yes, Madam, to Super Cop, from Tomorrow Never Dies, to The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, from Crouching Tiger, to Everything Everywhere, and Everything In Between. But before we get into today's movie, we need to get some background on Michelle Yeoh as a person. Who is Michelle Yeoh, Mike? I, I think you're going to tell me right now. I got, I got a few paragraphs here to, uh, okay, <laughs> to kind of get good. through. Uh, so unlike Nicolas Cage or Jeff Goldblum, uh, both Americans, Michelle Yeoh, born in the Malaysian state of Perak, uh, her father, Kian Tiek, uh, was a well-known lawyer and politician. She was a dancer for most of her childhood, got into ballet at age four, and majored in ballet at the UK Royal Academy of Dance in London, where her family moved when she was 15. She might have even gone pro doing ballet. Her entire career could have been very different because she could have been a ballet dancer, but a spinal injury kept her from studying it any further. Wow, that's interesting. Yes. Um, To think about Michelle Yeoh ending up being like a martial artist, which is also a very physical uh, thing and like stunt woman and stuff. Yeah. And overcame that injury that prevented her from doing ballet but could still do martial arts interesting yeah exactly and kind of the uh, the way leading into that so instead of practicing ballet herself she ended up moving on to choreography and other arts uh kind of got into acting in college actually ended up minoring in drama while she was there and uh, in her 20s she started to gain some notoriety after entering a few beauty pageants uh, she won the miss malaysia world contest in 1983 and then competed in london as malaysia's representative at the miss world pageant uh, and that was enough to uh, kind of get her noticed, get her seen a little bit, she got cast in a TV commercial that year for Guy LaRoche Watches. And her co-star in that commercial was some guy that you may have heard of, Mike. His name is Jackie Chan. Wow, interesting. <laughs> so Jackie Chan and Michelle Yeoh met on this commercial. That commercial caught the attention of filmmaker Sammo Hung, frequent Jackie Chan collaborator. Uh, he'd recently co-founded a new film production company called DMB Films. He decided to cast Michelle Yeoh in one of the first films that company ever produced, and that movie ended up being called The Owl vs. Bombo. All right, now one of the things I am most excited about with this season of the podcast is it brings us to the subset of film history that uh, we haven't really covered before, uh, namely the Hong Kong film industry of the 80s and 90s. I mean, that's just not something that Nicolas Cage and Jeff Goldblum were a part of for some reason. Yeah, we, yeah, true. that's a good point. We had uh, <laughs> uh, a little a little crossover with Face Off a little bit for a chance, a brief encounter. This is true. Know? Yes, of course, with John Woo and Wind Talkers, Mike, lest we forget Wind that's, Talkers. Of course, who could forget <laughs> Wind Talkers? Uh, and Sam Ohung, uh, one of those names that is kind of synonymous with this era. The man has worked in over 230 films in all kinds of different capacities, uh, stuntman, choreographer, action director, actor, screenwriter, director, 
He kind of does it all. Have, have you watched uh, any of Sammo Hung's films, Mike's, other than uh, The Owl vs. Bombo? Not in like a kind of conscious effort or, or any way that I would have recognized before this movie. But I was like, oh, I sort of know this guy from stuff. You know, it's one of those kind of things uh, as somebody that is at the start of this season, quite, I guess, a neophyte of the Hong Kong uh, <laughs> film industry and action genre and all that stuff. So we'll see. We'll see how, if he pops up anywhere else throughout the season but i did i did see oh man i can't remember recently it was a picture somebody tweeted one of those you know like side by side accounts or whatever uh it was just like a goof it was a picture i think of sammo hung and arsenio hall from some like some promotional thing or whatever okay uh and the caption was was just no we have rush hour at home um <laughs> And that was very funny. And then I spun up, you know, Owl vs. Bombo. And I was like, oh, it's that guy. <laughs> yeah. There you go. From the tweet. <laughs> from the tweet. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, Sam Hung is somebody who I've always liked. Uh, and I would say I, I've never, like, seeked out a ton of his movies outside of the ones that he's made with Jackie Chan. Because I'm a huge Jackie Chan fan. I've watched a lot of those 80s and 90s Jackie Chan movies. Samuel Hung is involved with a lot of those. And so I kind of know him as somebody who works with Jackie Chan. Um, mm -hmm. But also all the people in this era in the Hong Kong film industry all just kind of pop up in each other's movies all the time. That's sort of how it worked. Uh, yeah, there's so, only 20 people working there at this point. You know? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so we're going to get to talk about Samuel Hung a lot over the next few weeks, Mike, because he is involved with uh, many of Michelle Yeoh's early films. Uh, for this one, The Owl vs. Bombo, Sammo Hung is the producer, director, and one of the two lead actors. He plays Bombo himself. The titular Bombo. Exactly. Uh, or Bumbo, depending on which uh, version of the movie you're getting. I think I think in the subtitles for this movie that we watched, uh, it was Bumbo, but the actual title on screen is Bombo. That's going to be the the, the kind of interesting thing for the first, I don't know, 20 episodes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Stuff getting lost in translation, different titles, all this kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, the subtitles being mostly correct, you know, or right. like not that I can tell what they're actually saying. I don't any not like that, but it's, you know, some of it just is are are not not words, <laughs> not sentences in the <laughs> subtitles, you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh and what's interesting about The Owl vs. Bombo actually as Michelle Yeoh's first film is that uh, she has a fairly substantial supporting role in this movie. Uh, you compare this to the other first films that we've watched, which for Nicolas Cage, he had the TV pilot Best of Times, but his first movie was Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and he only appears in the background of that movie, uh, or Jeff Goldblum in Death Wish, where he has a small but pivotal role. This movie actually gives us, I think, a lot more to work with as the launching point of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely, definitely something I... Um was like surprised by while I was watching it. I was like, oh, like her first scene. And I was like, okay, that's the Michelle Yeoh cameo thing or whatever's going on. And then she's in like the whole back half of the movie almost. And yep. I was like, wait a second, what's going on? <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Michelle Yeoh appears in the movie as Miss Young, a volunteer teacher at a school for at-risk children. Sammo Hung plays Bombo and beloved canto pop singer George Lamb plays the owl. And uh, these are two men who committed crimes in the past and are now being blackmailed to also volunteer at Michelle Yeoh's school. Uh, the headmistress, Joyce Lung, is played by Dini Ip from films like Spiritual Love and A Simple Life. Uh, from there, Season Ma from Boat People plays Bonnie Leung. Uh, Stanley Fung of the Lucky Star series, uh, which we'll be talking about next week, by the way, uh, plays Chung slash Inspector Fung. He's the guy who's blackmailing them. Philip Chan from Hard Boiled and Police Story 3 plays the superintendent. Wu Ma from A Chinese Ghost Story plays the waiter. And James Tien, who was Bruce Lee's cousin in The Big Boss, plays this film's villain, Ao Gang. 
uh, which wow. kind of a cool thing. I, w- I watched The Big Boss uh, a little while back since so it's part of the uh, the Bruce Lee box set that Criterion Collection put out. And uh, The Big Boss, a really interesting movie. I don't think it's a great one, but it's one where you can see Bruce Lee becoming Bruce Lee. And uh, mm. part of the thing with that movie is that James Tien plays his cousin, and he's the main character for like the first half hour or so. And then he dies, and then Bruce Lee takes over the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Uh, and I think, I believe, uh, and I, this is like a story that I read like a year or two ago, so it's it's a little bit fuzzy, but I believe James Tien was like poised to be like the star of the movie and then like halfway through production they were just like, this guy isn't working out. We got we to gotta kill him off and replace him with Bruce Lee. <laughs> wow. <laughs> he could have been the next Bruce Lee, Mike. Yeah, he's so close. <laughs> and instead he's the villain of the owl versus Bombo, uh, which, you know, also, you know, prestigious uh, role, I say. Yeah, I think that's pretty neat that it's the first one from uh, Sambo Hung's uh, like production company and stuff. I didn't really know about that. One of the first. Yeah, I think it's like the second or third movie, too. But also, Sam, okay. this is like one of three or four production companies that Sambo Hung also <laughs> That's That tracks, yeah. <laughs> uh, there were a lot of movies being made in very quick succession uh, in this time. Uh, the Owl versus Bombo, written by Le Li Chung, and directed by Sam O'Hung, who also worked on eight other movies this year. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah. uh, directing three of them, by the way. He directed this one, uh, Possession of a Ghost, and Wheels on Meals with Jackie Chan. Uh, so the movie was released in Hong Kong on December 12th, 1984. And if you were in the U.S., you probably weren't seeing it. I don't think it got any kind of real U.S. release. Uh, but just in case you're curious, these were the major releases coming out that weekend in the U.S. David Lynch's Dune came out that weekend uh, in 1984. Uh, John Carpenter's Starman also out this weekend with Jeff Bridges. Runaway with Tom Selleck and Gene Simmons. Uh, which wow. That's a wild pairing right there. Uh, the movie 1984 uh, or a movie previously featured on this podcast twice, in fact, Francis Ford Coppola's The Cotton Club uh, was released this weekend. Wow. Yeah. So Interesting. A lot of stuff. Uh, also in the top 10, you got Beverly Hills Cop, City Heat, 2010, The Year We Made Contact, The Terminator, Falling in Love, and Missing in Action. Interesting. It's interesting that, that Beverly Hills Cop is up there because that's sort of like the closest American equivalent to this kind of movie. That's very true. Know? Yes. Yeah, definitely. The IMDb plot synopsis of The Owl versus Bombo reads... Two retired thieves are blackmailed into teaching at a local youth probation center by ex-cop Chung. There, they teach the youngsters the value of self-respect, but their criminal past is never far behind. So, Mike, uh, this is a movie that I don't think either of us had really heard of uh, until, you know, we were getting ready to do this podcast and we found out it was Michelle Yeoh's first movie and all that kind of stuff. Uh, So what were your expectations going into The Owl versus Bombo? And uh, what are your overall thoughts on this movie? Yeah, going into Owl vs. Bombo, I wasn't really sure what to expect. Um, the the few mid to late 80s, uh, you know, Hong Kong action movies and stuff that I've seen are a lot of fun and kind of like have this very uh, sort of slapstick but also earnest thing running through all of them. And, and they're also very, the action obviously is incredible. So I was kind of like, all right, what what's this going to be like? You know, I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm not familiar with a lot of these people, a lot of the, the, the players in these movies and stuff. So I was kind of just like, all right, it's the first first episode, fresh start. Let's just go into it, see what it is. And I think I texted you uh, after I watched the movie that like, you know, I wasn't really sure what, what to expect, but like, this is a really strong start, I think. Yeah. Um, um, especially because Michelle Yeoh is in so much of it and she's very good in it and we'll get into that. But I was expecting like, you know, the first four or five episodes to be like, oh shit, did I miss it? Uh, kind of thing. Like it happened a lot in the the Kate early Cage early Goldblum, you know, the one line maybe kind of deal uh, roles. 
Um, but for Michelle Yeoh to be like a pretty significant supporting player in the back half of this movie is pretty cool. But all that said, I think this movie is really interesting and fun um, just in terms of it's very interesting in terms of like structure where like the first half is this kind of slapstick, you know, comedy action thing like a lot of these movies are. And right. then like you're talking about, they get blackmailed into volunteering at like a juvenile detention school or whatever. <laughs> And it turns into, like, a really heartfelt after-school special about, like, the value of you believing in yourself and, like, don't let your family's problems bring you down. Like, you can always make yourself better and your right. situation better and all this stuff. And then also slapstick crime hijinks. Uh, and I was like, <laughs> what is going on? And somehow it blends all those really well and it doesn't feel like, you know, I guess we do, like, slam the brakes on to, to monologue about, like, you come from a rich family. How, who are you to tell me, a poor person, what I need to do? But then also, it's it's good. I don't know. It's really crazy. This movie is is, fa- is fascinating. I think. Yeah, I you know, like I said, I've seen a, a good handful of Sammo Hung movies, and those are mostly the ones that involve Jackie Chan. There are definitely hundreds of movies of his that I have not seen. <laughs> Right, like, like in triple digits for sure. Probably some great ones too, but it seems like, uh, kind of looking through some of the reviews of this online, seems like general consensus for this movie is that it's a pretty middling, like lower tier Sammo Hung effort uh, that's only really notable for being Michelle Yeoh's debut film. But I had a really good time with this. I thought it was a lot of fun. You know, I really enjoyed this movie. Uh, features a ton of really fun action sequences, uh, some very fun slapstick comedy. Uh, there's a wonderful dance number in the middle of this yeah. movie that just comes out of nowhere, and it's a delight. You know, all that kind of melodrama is surprisingly kind of effective, I think partially because the performances in those sequences, which there are like kind of two big scenes where those happen, they're all very good. <laughs> you know, Michelle Yeoh is a key part of one of those scenes, uh, which is kind of cool. But uh, yeah, you know, it's, it's a mixture of a lot of different kinds of things. And I think uh, one of the things I really like about those Jackie Chan movies slash Sammo Hung movies is that uh, both of these guys uh, so dedicated to film and dedicated to their love for film history. And, uh, you know, they grew up on so many different kinds of American films and kind of brought that sensibility to uh, some of their Hong Kong films. And uh, that creates uh, some really fun wearing influences on your sleeve uh, sort of stuff with these with uh, Jackie Chan and Sammo Hung. Uh, and I think you get a lot of that in this movie too, uh, especially in that dance sequence where it's very clear like, oh, this is singing in the rain. This, this is just doing yeah. singing in the rain. There's like some Charlie Chaplin stuff that's happening there with like Sammo Hung in the cherry and all that kind of stuff. It's just so, so many like direct descendants from like different things uh, in film history that are kind of featured throughout the Owl versus Bombo, uh, which is uh, makes it a very fun watch for that reason too. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, the thing that I was while I was watching this so it's kind of like reminded of how I sort of felt during Triple uh, R when we talked about that uh, recently yeah. or I guess depending on when this comes out uh, not not too recently on Mike and Mike go to the movies but just the the kind of like willingness in international cinema to just sort of uh, yeah let's have a dance number or like yeah let's just do it let's just do everything we can do in this movie and just do it uh and it's it's fun and it's earnest and it's exciting uh and then i was just thinking about like american movies where it's like we can't it's not allowed you can't be can't be having fun in movies now (laughs) particularly in like contemporary stuff you know post i guess Batman Begins or whatever. But yeah, everything is like dark and gritty in the Snyderverse and all that shit. Uh, I think we're kind of skewing back a little bit the other way at this point. But it was like, man, imagine, I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't know it's like a specific thing I want to have happened in an American movie like this, but when do we just have a tap dance break, you know, or like a extended like aerobics bit 
that was a bit like fun in the very beginning. I don't know. It's just weird. Like it was just stuff that doesn't happen in Western or American movies uh, very much. I don't think. So right. It was just like st- stuff that stood out to me. Yeah. Know? What you're saying is when John Wick Chapter Four comes out, uh, you expect a dance break in the middle of the movie, right? Okay, but so sort of. But when I uh, so, so I watched Al vs. Bombo yesterday morning. Yes, and then that afternoon, one of my friends was like, "Hey, I just watched the trailer for John Wick Four that dropped at San Diego Comic Con, which looks incredible, by the way. I don't know. Did you watch the trailer? I did not. It's it's um, literally one minute. It's like it's a bunch of a bunch of scenes like flashing at you, and then Keanu Reeves says one thing, and it's like, oh yeah, it's like, yeah. But literally, it's just, yeah, it's just him saying yeah, and I'm like, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so. My friend was like, "Does ever does anybody want to watch the, all three John Wick movies?" And I was like, "Well, I'm in." Um, so there was like a good three four hours in between you watching Al vs. Bombo and then marathoning the three John Wick movies. Sure, you know you see the through line between those two these two things. But wearing the influences on your sleeve bit, like you know John Wick Two opens with uh, the Harold Lloyd project. I think it's right. Harold Lloyd yeah, projected on the side of a skyscraper, and then John Wick Three, which I didn't remember, is it opens with John Wick in Times Square, and it's the general. What's his name? Oh, uh, Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton. Buster Keaton on the train is on one of the billboards in the background in Times Square in the opening shot. And I was like, man, why don't more movies do? Like, just call it, like, just call it out. This is what we're doing. We're doing a slapstick. We're doing a silent comedy or, or physical comedy or whatever. And those movies are hilarious. And I don't remember them being hilarious, uh, the John Wick movies. There's but. a lot of very funny stuff in those movies, too. I guess that was a bad example when I, like, threw out there, like, oh, wouldn't it be crazy if there was a dance sequence in John Wick or whatever? Uh, but I think it, which, it was, which like, honestly, a, John Wick 3 has, like, a ballet in the middle of it, too, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah, I think you subconsciously made the connection. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, definitely. And I think, uh, you know, part of the thing with, uh, you know, dance and action and uh, you kind of drew the comparison earlier, but uh, with Michelle Yeoh kind of dropping out of uh, ballet because of a spinal injury and then moving on into martial arts, these two things seem on the surface very different, you know, and to a degree they are, but they're, it's all just choreography at the end of the day. And they're, right. they're you know, they're all like sort of different operatic balletic styles of action and dance that kind of weave together, especially in Hong Kong cinema, uh, that uh, is going to be really fun to uh, kind of dive into over the next several months of this podcast, because, you know, that like Michelle Yeoh, a big part of several of those kind of major, I think Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon is like the movie that blends those two styles in such an interesting way. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun kind of digging into that. And I think the Al vs. Bombo, it sort of feels like a litmus test for like the next few weeks of the podcast. I think if you can have fun with this movie, chances are you're probably going to have fun with the majority of what we got coming up, I think. <laughs> I hope so, yeah. Yeah, and I think it. I think it's it's worth noting too that Michelle Yeoh does not have the action role or whatever in this. No. She is she is just a kind of straight ahead dramatic supporting character, uh, which was a little like surprising for me also in my you know preconceived notions of what this season was going to be all about. Right. Um, like once you realize she was going to be a substantial part in the movie, you're like, oh man, maybe she'll get into an action scene, and then eh, she's not. <laughs> She's that, yeah. Uh, and it's interesting to think about, I think I remember reading a lot of stuff on um, uh, some interviews and stuff with with Michelle Yeoh when Everything Everywhere All at Once came out about like she's been waiting for roles like that in Everything Everywhere to like show off like the, how she can act. She's a great actress uh, on top of the martial arts stuff. Uh, and it's interesting that like she started in doing like her very first role is just a only dramatic supporting character uh, and took her you know 50 years or whatever to get back to it. 
Yeah, definitely. So uh, speaking of, what do you think of Michelle Yeoh in this movie, Mike? I think she's real good. She gets a lot of the after-school special or whatever kind of thing you want to call that. Uh, she's the teacher at the... Yeah, she, she's definitely on the uh, the melodramatic side of the movie, for sure. Yes, the teacher at the juvenile delinquent school or whatever it is. You know, like... Uh, like a school for wayward about... teens kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, somebody talks about or mentions a uh, like parole, parole officer or something at some point kind of thing where it's like these kids that are in trouble and they are being sent to the school to learn how to apply for jobs and behave yourself like a adjusted human or right. whatever, Beca- I guess. Become like productive members of society. Right. And Michelle Yeoh's whole plot line is just, how do I reach these kids? You know, <laughs> <laughs> like they just don't listen to her. They don't respect her. They yes. don't care about the stuff she has to say. This, this movie does the entire plot of Stand and Deliver four years before Stand and Deliver came out and does it in about like a third of the time because it's like competing with all these action sequences and gang stuff and all this yeah. other stuff. <laughs> it's the C plot of this movie, um, <laughs> but I think, but I think Michelle Yeoh does really does a really good job. Yeah, she's she's exciting to watch, even when it's it's this kind of role. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she gets a lot more to do in this movie than expected. There's definitely a moment when she first shows up, and then as soon as she shows up, she leaves the room. And I'm like, well, that's going to be it. That's all the Michelle Yeoh we're going to see in this movie. <laughs> yep, same. <laughs> uh, but she's a key part of a few memorable scenes, including one where uh, one student, Bonnie, just rips into her with this very dark, kind of heartfelt monologue about how you know she's been selling her body for money since she was 14 and all that kind of stuff. And weirdly, that scene kind of reminded me, I'm ta- going back in complete work history here um but it kind of reminded me of best of times um Whoa. which you know an otherwise light-hearted affair that has a three-minute monologue from nicholas cage about going off to war <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> you know and so this is a movie that you know has wacky situations and has sam Hung getting hit in the face and you know all these kind of crazy shenanigans uh and then it stops for like three minutes to let this like you know 19 year old girl like pour her heart out about having to sell her body and stuff for the past few years it's pretty intense yeah, yeah, and that was the moment where I was kind of like, "Whoa!" Like we're we're kind of slipping in some like social messaging going on, you know. Especially yeah. and she's in that scene, she's talking about like I mentioned before, like Michelle Yeoh comes from a rich family, a rich background, or a well-off background, or whatever, compared to these students. And like, how dare you? Who are you to pretend to know what we all, what we go through? Kind of thing. And I was like, "Man, what? Go back to the like doing the Three Stooges slap each other in the face bits, you know?" Right. Um, <laughs> not that I didn't enjoy this, but I was like, "We were just there. We were there." 10 minutes ago and now we're here right exactly and it turns on a dime like anytime it happens too yeah. uh yeah so that, and then after that scene i mean she pops up a few more times and she's the romantic interest for the owl uh in the movie as well uh so it's nothing like revolutionary uh as far as like what she's what she has to do in the movie but for someone's first film it's a pretty substantial role yeah yeah somebody that came in you know hot off a commercial and i guess also at the beauty pageants and she's like flexing a little bit you know yeah yeah it feels like a proving ground for her especially in that scene where where she has that kind of thing with bonnie and you know bonnie's doing kind of the big monologue and stuff but michelle yeah was reacting to it uh mm-hmm. and i think has like some really powerful like kind of facial reactions to it and then runs out crying and then you see the owl trying to comfort her and you know all that kind of stuff and i think she does a really good job with that stuff in the movie and it's kind of interesting to see this is sort of like like a test run for Michelle Yeoh as an actress um, because, I mean, the next movie we're talking about is uh, Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars, uh, in which I believe she only appears for a cameo. I'm pretty sure she's like barely in the movie. But then the next movie after that is Yes, Madam. And she's, yeah. she's the lead in that movie. We've both seen Yes, Madam. We love Yes, Madam. It's a great movie. And it's going to be really interesting to kind of chart that journey, I think, between this movie and Yes, Madam, like the space of a year, what happened in that time, you know? Yeah, I'd also be interested... Um, I don't know if we how we would be able to find this stuff out, but um, 
in like release slash filming schedule kind of thing, you know, like I wonder what order these films were made in versus mm, what order they were released in. Cause like you said, Simon Hong is making eight movies, you know, at this, <laughs> at this point, these movies are coming in hot and fast. Yeah. I, I definitely expected, I forgot that yes, madam was so early. Um, but I was definitely expecting just, you know, a couple cameo appearances type deal for the first few roles. Uh, but here, here we are. Yeah, here we are, which is a pretty solid, substantial role. So, yeah, she is good in this movie. Uh, I think at the same time, you know, she does feel underutilized because we know what Michelle Yeoh can do, I think. You know, Michelle yeah. Yeoh can dance. We know she can fight. This movie has both of those things and she doesn't get to do either of them. <laughs> So, yeah, yeah. So it feels like a little bit of waste of potential, but what this movie does give her to do, I think she uh, really does well. And for somebody's first movie, that's pretty solid. Yeah, I think it's it's like the inverse. We know what Michelle Yeoh is capable of now in hindsight, and we're like, oh man, that would have been cool to see this in 1984. But then the inverse of that for us is like, oh man, yeah, this is a pretty good movie. But if you're like a big Samo Samo Hung like aficionado, you're like, ah, this is whatever. Um, but, but yeah, like <laughs> a we have middling seen a lot effort. Of, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we haven't seen a lot of those, so like, yeah, this is fine. Yeah, that was pretty good. So, uh, yeah, how? And you know, I'm going to ask this question now, despite the fact that it maybe doesn't apply just yet. But how do you think this fits into the Michelle Yeoh roles we've seen so far, Mike? Because this is episode one, you can look forward if you want to. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, that's sort of all, what I'll say is what we've already been talking about a bit is that it's it's interesting to see it be a little bit more of a kind of straight ahead dramatic melodrama type role versus what we know Michelle Yeoh comes to be known for uh, in the next 40 years or whatever. So it'll it's interesting to see that this is the ground the groundwork. This is like kind of her planting the flag or whatever, proving ground, like you said. And this is this is where it all where it all comes from. Yeah, definitely. And I, I would say, you know, I mean, I'll compare it to the other first roles that we've talked about so far, uh, which for Nicolas Cage is Best of Times and for Jeff Goldblum is Death Wish. I think Michelle Yeoh's role in this movie just kind of gets more to, I mean, she has more to do, and Nicolas Cage is, is, is in Best of Times throughout, uh, where yeah. he's kind of just a weirdo. <laughs> the freaky little dude. Exactly, yeah. But and it, and I think that that show did tap into some really good, like early Nicolas Cage stuff. I think like just the early untapped potential of like what Nicolas Cage could do later on, sort of thing. Um, mm-hmm. But I feel like this is the role out of the three that like of the three seasons that I feel like. Best exemplifies like, oh, I feel like we've we've got a pretty good handle on who Michelle Yeoh is already in just this first movie. Yeah, that's a very good point. Goldblum, like we always talked about, the the like street punk phase uh, era. Right. Uh, it took a couple movies for people to kind of realize or for him to find his groove. Uh, yeah, there. exactly. And, and, you know, he's he's not somebody who, you, you, like, you think about Goldblum now and you're like, how was this guy ever like thug number three in a movie? You know? Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. just feels weird. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but that was like a half of his early roles were like thug number three, the street punk number one and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and so, yeah, when you see him in Death Wish, you know, he has the pivotal scene. He's the one who incites everything that happens in Death Wish. And it's, a, yeah. it's an ugly role. And it's one of those things where at the, at the time you don't really think about it much and now you look back on it and, and you're kind of like it's weird that jeff goldblum is this character you know <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the lovable scamp jeff goldblum exactly yeah, yeah so super weird but uh yeah so michelle yo i think kind of fully formed here not if not fully formed at least like tapping into more of her potential than the other two first roles that we've talked about so far um but all right so let's start running down the movie scene by scene mike let's talk the owl versus bombo so the movie opens uh first of all Bombo is watching something on TV at first, and I'm pretty sure it's like a version of Spider-Man. Is that right? You know, I didn't even think of that, but... It was like a Power Rangers Spider-Man type thing, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like a red and blue suit. He was like hopping around like off of, built, of rooftops and stuff. It just looked like Spider-Man, sort of. Like, not like, like it was really Spider-Man. <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like a Spider-Man knockoff, whatever it was. I'm not I'm not sure what it was he was watching. Um, but yeah, it's Bombo watching some kind of Power Rangers Spider-Man thing, and you see him pray to a shrine, and he's saying, this will be my last mission. Yeah. I was like, oh, let's fucking go. <laughs> and he's putting on the, the fake beard and the iPad. I yes. love just how ridiculous the costume is because he just puts more layers on, and you're like, but then why did you bother with the underneath layers for the disguise? <laughs> very funny it's all to sell it mike it's all to sell it Absolutely. Uh, yeah so uh bombo breaks into a bank there's this big shootout in the bank he's placing dynamite on the vault and it's exploding and he takes all the money yeah but he's using blanks because he's really a good guy exactly yeah he's, he's a lovable scamp that that bombo as is the owl so and while this is going down the owl is also infiltrating this gang he's like pretending to be a cop and then conducts a raid on this gang and steals their money yeah, this is this is the one. This is the thing I might get start getting nervous a little bit about, depending on how the rest of these early movies go. Sure, with with the subtitles not being you know necessarily correct uh, or whatever, being a little difficult to read, all the names being kind of intense, and we're just like real fast. And I was yeah. just like, I. I'm not really sure I know who any of these people are or what their relationships are, but like most, I, I mostly get it, you know? Yeah. Um, so I think, I think as we kind of moved closer to present day, as the stuff becomes a little more, as the films become available in more legitimate ways, let's say. Um, <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> wink, wink. Yeah. Uh, it yeah. Be which, uh, by, by the way, thanks to, our, thanks to our friend Andrew for uh, hooking us up with the owl versus Bombo, by the way. Yes. Um, because uh, I believe, Mike, you, you were able to find most of these early Michelle movies uh that that was our big concern going into the seasons like oh man are we gonna be able to find all these movies and you found like the first like 15 or something like that except for this one we we're kind of scrambling to figure it out and then finally we uh texted our friend andrew who uh got it for us within like five minutes it was kind of incredible yeah i was like yeah you know i texted him I, i've tried i tried to even buy this which i don't even know what happened to that order for you're- movies unlimited <laughs> i forgot about that um you're gonna, get, uh, you're gonna get like a box six months from now with like a custom dvd of the owl versus bombo <laughs> And I'll cherish it. Um, (laughs) And I was like, yeah, you know, I tried to find it best I could. Like anything you can find, like any help would be great. Uh, And he texted me back like five minutes later. It was like downloading it. I was like, what what the fuck? How did you? (laughs) I just, you know, I won't reveal his ways, but he helped us out. Thank you, Andrew. Yes, absolutely. So, uh, yeah. So those two sequences happen. Bombo uh, takes the money from the bank. The owl takes the money from the gang. And then suddenly it's three years later. I don't believe there's any on-screen thing that says three years later. It's just like the next scene is the Bombo opening a letter and says like, three years ago, you did this. And I was like, whoa. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. Uh, Time passed very quickly. But uh, yeah, now it's three years later. Bombo is leading an aerobics class because, of course, he is. He's a lovable guy. <laughs> yeah, and I, but I love the way that that immediately establishes like the flips and you know, uh, yes. like athletic ability, agility of of Bombo, right, right away. Yeah, I mean, that's uh, kind of the incredible thing about Samuel Hung is he's kind of he's a bigger guy, but he has that kind of agility, like that kind of agility and speed that uh, you know, like the, he he, can, he matches Jackie Chan and all of his, their movies together, and it's yeah. pretty wild to see him kind of in action and. Especially in these movies, you know, they're a lot of them are doing all their own stunts, and Sammo Hung is is right there doing it. And there's like sequences in this where like you know he falls out of a car at like going like 30 miles an hour or something, and he just gets right back up. And it's like, man, how did he do that? Yes. 
Movie magic, Mike. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, so Bombo's leading an aerobics class. Owl is at a horse race. Both receive a letter that says, basically saying like, I know what you did three years ago. <laughs> Yeah, arrive at this hotel room at this date, yes. at this time kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, the letter gives each of them, they've, they've never met, like these are separate letters, gives each of them like a location to go to. They both go to the hotel and uh, each of them assumes the other is the blackmailer when they meet each other. Uh, and so, of course, they get into a fight. It's the owl versus Bombo. <laughs> It's right there in the name. It is um, right there in the title. Oh, the title kind of misleading because they're they're mostly like good buds throughout the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I love I do love that like arc though from like enemy to to beloved friend. Um, right. And just like a good old classic comedy of errors thing where like you must be my enemy and they just have this big knockdown fight. Um, it's really the, the original room. triple R. <laughs> exactly. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Yeah, and this fight in the hotel room is a lot of fun. I mean, you know, they're using, like, uh, one of my favorite things about Sammo Hung and Jackie Chan's style of choreography is that they just use the stuff around them, like, and kind of utilize that within the fight. Uh, and yeah. so in this fight, like, they take the phone from the hotel and, you know, Bombo is attacking Owl with it and all that kind of stuff. Later, there's a sequence where uh, he fights the janitor and he's using <laughs> the janitor's broom as a weapon and stuff. Uh, it's very fun. Yeah, and this also has, like, a very funny deliveries of, st- of lines and stuff in this scene when the Black Mirror calls them in the middle of their fight. One of them answers it, and he's like, "Owl," and he's like, "No, he's dead," because it's Bombo. And then <laughs> the other one, Bombo, and I forget what Owl says, but like, it's just hilarious, like very funny stuff. Uh, so they could get back to fist fighting as fast as possible. Exactly. Know? Yes. And so uh, eventually they figure it out. Neither one of them is the blackmailer, and the phone call is the guy who is actually blackmailing them, and he's telling them to go to the restaurant downstairs. They both go to the restaurant downstairs. Uh, there's a slapsticky bit where an ice cube, uh, like, kind of goes up through the, yeah. goes up through the air falls down a woman's dress and the woman like kind of is like harumph and she like hits it and it flies right back up into the air and goes into like the bowl that like the ice cubes be, are being served in <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I was like, this is, this is, you know, Char- Charlie Chaplin or Buster Keaton or whatever. Like, that's yeah. the style of humor that is. Yeah, it's very wacky, uh, which is fun. And then, the, yeah, the two of them are at the table and Joyce arrives. And uh, Joyce arrives and explains that the two of them are going to be volunteering to help out with their school for at-risk youth. Both of them are like, oh, we're not volunteers. And then the blackmailer calls him and is like, yes, you are. And it's like, okay, I guess we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess we're volunteers now. I guess we are volunteers. Uh, and so they go, and uh, actually, before they go to the school, there's a sequence uh, that night where Owl and Bombo both separately break into uh, Joyce's office to try to find the files they're being blackmailed with. Hilarious, honestly. Uh, this is really great. Uh, they both do like a Marx Brothers routine, the mirror routine in the uh, yeah. in the closets, <laughs> uh, which is a delight. <laughs> I just love the smooth criminal guy that is the owl and like the athlete buffoon that is Bombo where uh, (laughs) owl like, you know, opens the file cabinet and flips through and, and then Bombo interrupts him. So he hides in the closet and then Bombo goes to open the file cabinet and accidentally rips the drawer out and all the files just explode. (laughs) Honestly, comedy has never been higher. That's the peak of comedy. Yes. Um, (laughs) It was right here in the owl versus Bombo. We just never knew it. Yeah. Uh, it's pretty great. And so, yeah, some wacky kind of shenanigans there. They both fight again uh, in the sequence, too, which, you know, is always good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and that Marx Brothers routine is like A plus. It's so good. They fight in the office and then they leave. And when they leave, they get into a street fight with this gang outside. 
who think they're like burglars and are like, give us the loot. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. And this is the moment where like the owl and Bombo like start to bond a little bit because they yes. get, they, they fight with each other uh, against all these guys and uh, all that kind of, and there's, there's like, you know, a bunch of guys, they're all fighting like one at a time, like all that kind of stuff. It's fun. And then more guys show up and then there's this wacky Benny Hill like music as they <laughs> run away. <laughs> I'm surprised. I was also surprised at how many times they run away from stuff in movies. Like, yes. That doesn't, you know, I was thinking of like The Rock and the Jason Statham, like having in their contracts how many punches they can take <laughs> and all that shit. Uh, and in this, they're just like, nope, they hightail it out of here. <laughs> yeah. Yes, which is also very good. And yeah, I mean, that is the thing with the, uh, I mean, you know, with, with Sam Hung, he's always doing, it's mostly action comedies that he's a part of. It's, and that's very much his style of action is like kind of incorporating physical humor and slapstick into it. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, the Al versus Bombo, absolutely a, a part of that tradition for sure. But that, that Benny Hill music that plays over, it's, it's not <laughs> quite the Benny Hill theme song, but it's like very clearly is trying to be as close to it as possible. <laughs> yeah, legally distinct from. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And they run away and then uh, they get into a car and the owl drives off and Bombo tries to jump in and he falls out. It's good stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Bombo is late the next day. They, they both arrive at the school. Bombo is late and uh, the owl has a very funny line where Joyce is like, oh, where is Bombo? And uh, I was like, oh, he had diarrhea last night. He <laughs> He's running a little late. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was wondering, I was like, is that... Is that what he says, or is that just how this got Google translated? <laughs> that, uh, whatever it was, it was pretty funny, I thought. <laughs> it's good, yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, they, they arrive, and uh, basically this is when the Owl and Bombo realize they're there at the school to inspire the youth. That's what they're yes. there to do, right? And uh, that's where you see Michelle Yeoh for the first time. They open the door. Michelle Yeoh is teaching the class. Uh, she's conducting fake job interviews with the students, which it seems like that's all her class does. Like, all day long. Yeah. <laughs> it's just fake job interviews, right? It's they got one move, and it's a fake job interview. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, it seems like a pretty unruly class. Uh, Owl and Bombo show up. Owl dismisses Michelle Yeoh. She leaves the room, and uh, then Bombo, like, snaps a kid's hand uh, who, like, gets a little too yeah. close to him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's mostly their way to inspire the youth is really just to beat the shit out of them. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> every time. Owl kind of teaches the class uh, while Bombo tries to sneak back to the office that they broke into last night. And, uh, you know, now he's trying to get those files, uh, you know, while being undetected. But, of course, he's Bombo, and uh, Joyce catches him. He's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to get in, you know, and uh, just trying to see you. <laughs> Joyce kind of brings him inside, and uh, the, they are about to have tea together, but uh, he spills tea on her, and then he, like, sprays her down with, like, some kind of, like, disinfectant or something or, you know, whatever, like, to get rid of stains. Uh, yeah. And then she has a line, like, oh, how did you know where that thing was? And he's like, oh, like, <laughs> just. <laughs> yeah, no, what? I love what? Um, yeah, I love that he's just like imme like immediately trying to put the boobs on her. Like that's yes. his like. Oh, I'll get out of this situation. Uh, and she just is rebuffing him at every chance. Like get the fuck. Like he's like, don't you feel uncomfortable? And he's like, no. And she's like, well, I do. Um, <laughs> he has like up against the table. It seems like it's yeah. a grand romance, right? But then she does agree to go out with him for dinner that night. She does, yes. yes Which uh, leads to more, more slapsticky stuff. More wacky shenanigans. And so they go out to dinner the ni that night. He eats chicken with his hands like a Neanderthal. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> uh, you know, they're in the fancy restaurant. He has, like, the big fried chicken that he's eating with his hands. And she's using a fork. And she, like, asks him, like, hey, can you not eat with your hands like that? And he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I guess we're just too different. Uh <laughs> These differences between you and I. Exactly. And so, yeah, he asks to get the chicken cut up and he can eat it with chopsticks and all that stuff. And then when she goes to the bathroom, there is this uh, pretty funny, very Charlie Chaplin-esque bit uh, where he like can't pick. He, like now he's trying to use utensils to impress her. <laughs> 
Yeah. Uh, and like the ice cream with a cherry on top has been served to him. Uh, so he like has this spoon and he goes to eat the cherry and he can't pick up the cherry with his spoon. And he's like kind of moving it all around the table. And then eventually it like kind of pops off the table and lands on somebody else's. And he's trying to get it from their table. It's good stuff. <laughs> It's great, yeah. I was just like, man, I hope there's 50 of these movies because this is a lot of fun if that's what the whole season's like. <laughs> I hope in John Wick 4, John Wick can't pick up a cherry with a spoon. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's a lot of fun. The kicker to that is when he finally gets the cherry and brings it back to the table, the ice cream has melted. It's just like soup now. <laughs> yeah, he has to drink it. Uh, which is very funny. Uh, but yeah, and then he drops Joyce off and she mentions like a boyfriend, uh, right, or something, some some kind of thing where she mentions like a man upstairs, right? Yeah, like I can't you can't come up kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So he leaves, and then uh, the next day we're back in the classroom, and this is when Michelle Yeoh uh, does her fake interview with Bonnie, and uh, this is the scene we were talking about before, where like like we said, we just had this like very weird, like funny slapsticky scene uh, in which Bombo can't pick up a cherry. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, now we have the scene where Bonnie uh, rips into Michelle Yeoh for being rich, not knowing what it's like for uh, poor kids like her, uh, goes into her own sad backstory about how she's been selling herself on the street for years just to make ends meet and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, it, ma- it makes Michelle Yeoh cry and I like, had this kind of back and forth. And, you know, Michelle Yeoh ultimately runs away. Yeah, yeah. And it's a it's a really intense moment that kind of, like you said, comes out of nowhere because the first, you know, half hour, 45 minutes or whatever it's been. Uh, there's really no like serious moment so far, and then this is very intense. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it like is very. It gets really dark. Yeah, and I think it's great. I think Bo- the person playing Bonnie uh, is, does a really great job. I think uh, Michelle Yeoh does a great job, and it kind of you know lends lends some stakes or whatever to this kind of silly thing that they've gotten themselves roped into uh to that owl bombo or it roped into yes which like just uh, like speaking about the plot just like if you tried to describe this plot to somebody it's one of those things where it's like that doesn't make sense (laughs) yeah you know they're they're being blackmailed to volunteer at an at-risk youth center (laughs) i forget what the actual reason was though Oh, I, I, I believe I believe the inspector wanted to bring down the gang, right? That was his whole yeah. thing, and he knew that these guys were the guys to do it, you know? <laughs> like, yeah, and I forget what, this is sort of what I was talking about before, where it's like, oh, it's a little hard to follow everything that's going on in these movies. Yeah, um, uh, and I think a lot of it you're not really supposed to follow all that well. I think it's mostly yeah. just, a, a lot of it is an excuse to get to the next big comedy or action or slapstick set piece, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so Michelle Yeoh runs away after the sequence uh, where, you know, she like is made to cry from Bonnie and then Owl follows her and Owl tries to comfort her in the cafeteria uh, and then he shouts at her. He like loses his temper uh, trying to comfort her. Yeah, I know there's a lot of that in, in these kinds of movies too where it's like, ah, women, you know? <laughs> yes. Like, <laughs> all right, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's definitely, a, that's something that comes up a lot in these movies. If you watch like Police Story, there's a lot of that in that in that movie for sure, uh, which yeah. is Unfortunate, but it is just kind of what it is, I guess. But uh, yeah, Owl shouts at her and you know, he's like, oh, you know, stand up for yourself. Like, you don't, don't just rely on your beauty and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, you're just being a silly woman like that. that that's the kind of thing that's happening right here. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Exactly. <laughs> uh, which, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, Owl like, loses his temper and leaves. And then uh, Bombo shows up and he comforts her instead. And Bombo like makes her laugh. And, you know, he's, he's just a fun loving guy. I like Bombo a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bombo is great. And I love that he thinks she's upset with Owl because like he turned her down down or like whatever <laughs> like a romantic thing yeah i think he he thought that uh owl and yo uh hooked up that like last night right he's yeah that's what he thinks and then uh when when he realizes that that's not the case he does that whole like 
like tugging at the collar, like, <laughs> like yeah. just getting really yeah. embarrassed and, you know, getting flushed and like, r- like running out of there. <laughs> I think he literally runs out of the room. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a smoke cloud that appears and he's out of there. <laughs> yeah. He's very uh, funny. Yeah, it was pretty good. Uh, I mean, Sam Hung, an incredible physical comedian, uh, which is a big part of these movies too. Uh, and then after this, uh, Owl and Bombo get a new letter, which tells them their final task is to drive up the price of a plot of land at an auction. They go to this auction and they uh, go <laughs> drive up the price of this plot of land and uh, Bombo accidentally buys it uh, <laughs> for, I believe, $300 million or something like that. It's either It was either $30 million or $300 million. I wasn't sure what the translation uh, <laughs> I think it's $30 million. <laughs> it might be $30 million. I feel like, okay, let's say it's $30 million. Um, but the way it happens where like it's clear that they're like bidding against uh, Ao Gang, right, the uh, the villain mm-hmm. of the movie, and uh, he is, you know, raises his paddle and it gets raised a little bit, and then they're trying to like raise it up, and then eventually like the person blackmailing them tells them to stop. They just want to make it really expensive for this guy. Uh, yeah, is how it's supposed to work. Uh, but then Bombo is like talking to Owl and keeps like accidentally raising his paddle as he's doing it. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then eventually like accidentally buys the, the plot of lands. Oh, man. Sometimes it's just the simplest thing, you know? <laughs> just really tickle stuff. you. Yeah, just good stuff all around. So now Bumbo and Owl are both panicking on how to pay off this land that they just bought <laughs> yeah. uh, and all that kind of stuff. And then you get, I think, the best sequence in the movie, which is not an action scene. It's not a slapstick scene. There was a little bit of slapstick in this, I guess. But uh, it's Bumbo and Joyce out on a date. Uh, and then Bumbo does this delightful little dance, which pays homage to Singing in the Rain. Uh, there's some like Fred Astaire kind of thrown in there kind of as mm-hmm. well. The camera like zooms out and you see like streetlights around him and you're like, okay, I know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And he does like he had the Donald O'Connor bit from Singing in the Rain where there's like a dummy that he's like kind of messing around with, like kind of the put the hand on the knee and all that kind of stuff. And it's like the, it's like an exact recreation of like different scenes from Singing in the Rain. Yeah. Uh, but it's Sammo Hung doing the dancing and he's so like light and graceful and it's it's really great. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. It was a delight. And that was the moment where I was like, man, so that's like triple R, like all that stuff, all those thoughts came, those feelings came back yeah it's like movies should do this more you know? uh, every movie should be required to have one dance number <laughs> just <Yeah. laughs> just one uh it would be great but uh yeah and joyce gets in on this dance number two which is fun like they she does the dance with bombo and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff and then with at the end of it like everybody around them applauds and they throw change at them <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like quarters raining from the sky uh it's pretty great it's it's a delight yeah and then we move on you know it's really fun yeah it's never mentioned again <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but after this, he walks her to her door. This time, he's able to walk her all the way to her door. Like, go in the building, walk her to her door. She says goodnight to him, but then she reopens the door right before he leaves and uh, kind of invites him inside. But he says goodnight instead. Yes, because he's a gentleman. He's a Bombo. gentleman. That Bombo. We love Bombo here on the Complete Works. Yeah, we found our first person to stand in the season. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, and then Bumbo shows up at his house. He goes to his house and uh, he gets a phone call from Owl. And uh, Owl says, hey, come to this club with a bunch of sexy girls. And Bumbo's like, all right. And he like puts his hat on and a, bunch of, a smoke cloud appears and he runs out the door. <laughs> it's so good. It's pretty great. And it turns out uh, Owl is actually being held hostage by Mr. Owl. And uh, Bombo arrives, and uh, the big brawl breaks out at uh, Ao's hideout, right? Yeah, and it's uh, it's just fucking cool, you know? Yes, 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's one of those things where they fight like, you know, 10, 15 guys all at once again. And it's the same thing before, but it's, you know, it's just very fun action choreography here. And, uh, you know, Ow, I think, is a fun villain that uh, is kind of menacing in this scene, actually, too. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Yeah, I got nothing really more to say than it fucking rocks. Yeah, it's, it. it's cool you know? stuff. It's cool stuff. But at the, at the end of it... Uh, <laughs> Like Bombo ends up in the swimming pool, uh, oh, and yeah, that's right. like Owl's trying to escape, and Bombo's just like swimming in the pool while someone has like a gun trained on him or something. I think, and, yeah. uh, and so they lose the fight, and uh, Ow ends up taking the land from them. I forgot, I forgot. Yeah, and he's like almost synchronized swimming a little bit. Yes, too, while while they just are pointing their guns at him. If you can do synchronized swimming with just one person, Bombo is doing that. Yeah, <laughs> so that happens. Then the next day. Uh, Michelle Yeoh arrives in her classroom. Uh, the students all stand to greet her as if it's like, oh, hello, Miss Young, like yeah, as if they're like well-behaved students now. But then they all crack up and laugh at her. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, she was taking pride in us. What a loser. And then Michelle Yeoh starts crying again. And then Owl loses it on the kids. I mean, he starts like ripping into them now. Is This isn't when they start. No, that's Bombo later. Starts be- like literally beating them up. <laughs> like just an actual fight. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, Owl, like, kind of loses it on the kids, and, uh, you know, he's, like, kind of giving them, like, his own backstory a little bit, and, like, you know, kind of inspiring words that he was told when he was a kid, and all that kind of stuff, and then he does more, like, fake interviews with the kids, and he's, like, making them take it seriously, and, uh, you know, one kid has his own, like, heartfelt monologue kind of akin to what Bonnie had before. And he's like, you know, my mom has been a sex worker for years and he breaks down crying and yeah. And, uh, uh, he gets the job at the end of the interview. Um, (laughs) but yeah, it's another moment where you're just like, Whoa, that's right. We're talking about this stuff, huh? Yes, like, we're getting into some heavy topics uh, here in the yeah. Owl versus Bombo, uh, which, again, just seconds ago had Bombo in a swimming pool, like doing his own little routine. Right. <laughs> uh, and then actually at the end of this, uh, Bonnie comes up, the one who gripped into Michelle Yeoh before. She is about to do the fake interview, and then she's and then she apologizes to Michelle Yeoh, tells her that, uh, I'm sorry, but and she's also like not ready to do this yet. They're starting to reach these keys. Exactly. They're reaching these keys. And then right after this scene, they go on a big class field trip and it's all like smiles and sunshine from here on out, basically. Yeah. Yeah. It's just fucking Owl and his cool sunglasses and they're all running upstairs and then running downstairs. And yeah. They're like fist pumping. It's like, yeah, we're going. And they have all their resumes in hand and yeah. all that stuff. They're like doing a field trip to like go on job interviews and like get these kids jobs. Yeah, yeah, and there's that really fun, like, cool shot, I think, uh, when they're at, like, the they go out to get, like, lunch or whatever, and they're, like, f- following this note being passed under the table, and it's from Owl to Miss Young, I think, and it's just, like, all the kids know exactly what's going on, and they're just, like, whoosh, and they all whip their heads in unison to see, like, <laughs> see what she's going to do. Yes. It's good stuff. Yeah, absolutely, and Owl, and this is when, like, Owl and Michelle Yeoh kind of start to have that romantic spark, uh, you know, in the movie and stuff, which is kind of cool, and then you kind of cut away to uh, Owl, the villain, and uh, he's talking about planning on using the kids to bring Owl and Bombo to his warehouse. Evil plans. Yes. What if Stand and Deliver had an evil gang boss who... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> who wanted to use the kids for his own nefarious purposes. You know, what What? What then, you know? I think more movies should have that. This is also true. <laughs> have you ever seen Stand and Deliver, Mike? Just out of curiosity? I don't think I have, but I think I know what you're talking about. Okay, not- I, I, I keep referencing it, but it's it's the movie that is that South Park is parodying in the episode where he's like, how do I reach these kids, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, and uh, I, I saw it once, 
And the reason I watched it is because I believe, I think it was my German class in like eighth grade, uh, like the substitute teacher came in and just put on Stand and Deliver, which weird, (laughs) just just an odd thing. And so I've watched Stand and Deliver, like it was like that teacher was there for a couple of days. So I saw the whole movie uh, and I remember basically nothing about it. I think it's Emilio. No, it's a. Edward James Olmos as the as the main character, who's the uh, teacher for like the uh, this class of students. I think it was fine. I remember it being okay. <laughs> it just, it's just it's the DVD they had in the library that day. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> um, just one of those random things that uh, I've seen and like re- remember. And like when I saw the South Park episode, I think I saw it like shortly after I saw the movie. I was like, hey. It's the thing. It's the it's thing. thing. Uh, but this movie, Santa Deliver, but uh, half the time. And uh, yeah, it's pretty great. Enjoy it. Owl versus Bombo. Uh, but yeah, Owl is planning on using the kids to break them, in, to bring them to his warehouse. Owl and Michelle Yeoh are up in Owl's apartment. They're kind of doing like a slow dance there, uh, which, you know, very nice. Owl is kind of seducing Yo, But then Bombo shows up and breaks the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> like just breaks up the whole thing. <laughs> Not only does he interrupt, he's like, oh, you want to ride home? <laughs> <laughs> Not only does he interrupt them, he takes her with him. It's so funny. <laughs> it's pretty great. Uh, and so, yeah, Michelle Yeoh leaves after that, and Bombo takes her away. Uh, and then uh, Al and his gang members uh, beat up a couple of kids, and then one of the beat-up kids uh, leads Owl to Owl. He, like, takes Owl and, like, brings him back to the warehouse, and Owl heads over there. You know, they're trying to figure out where Owl is, and Bombo uh, realizes that the deaf janitor in the school is actually the guy who's blackmailing them, right? And I don't remember how he pieces it together, but he kind of just does. Yes, he kind he kind of just does. And so he fights with the deaf janitor, uh, and they fight with the broom and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, he's actually the guy blackmailing them, and so he tells them where to go. And uh, Bombo heads over to the warehouse as well. Yes, yeah, and he's the the cop from the beginning of the movie that retire that quits in protest because the yes. you know it's it's Chinatown, Jake. Uh, basically, uh, and he refuses, he won't stand for it. So he quits. Um, Exactly. And he's been keeping an eye on them as the janitor. Uh, and then, yeah, and then it's a big, big warehouse showdown because of course it is. Yes. Yeah. So Bombo heads to the warehouse. He sees Owl getting beat up. The kid who was beat up is also still getting beat up there. And, uh, Bombo is there with another one of the kids. And so that kid, uh, distracts Owl's men in the warehouse with his like goofy dance on top of the box. (laughs) Like, yeah, he, he's up on like one of these big crates and he like just doing a big goofy dance and the, like the guys are coming up there to try to take him. He throws the ladder down that has like three or four guys on it. Classic <laughs> move. Uh, which is very funny. And then uh, Bombo like swings in on a crane uh, and, yeah. and then there's a big fight. He gets like this giant pole that he uses and he's like uh, knocking these guys out. Uh, and then there are finally two main guys left. And, uh, you know, they're kind of cornering Bombo like no one's sure what's going to happen. Bombo might not get out of this one. Right, Mike? Yeah, this guy's a real nail biter. Exactly. And then all the kids show up. <laughs> yes, they do. This is incredible. All the kids in this movie who were like part of their class, they show up. They all ride in on bikes. They all like do this big jump at the same time. Uh, yeah. They get in there and uh, they are armed with bats and baseballs. And Bonnie is like leading the charge. She has a bugle. I don't know where <laughs> she got the bugle. <laughs> not important uh but she has a bugle she does the like like charge thing and then all these kids on these bikes just like rush forward they're hitting these gangsters with the baseball bats they are hitting baseballs at them it's incredible (laughs) 
It's amazing. It's like just what it's just anything that you could dream of and we can have it in a movie, you know? It's yeah. nuts. <laughs> exactly. So the kids beat up all the gangsters and uh they win. That that's the end of the movie basically. <laughs> It made me. It made me think a little bit of like uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, like when the police break and like show up and storm the like the final charge um, and stop the movie. Right. Uh, that's sort of what this feels like. Uh, it's very funny. It's pretty great. So the kids uh, help save the day. They win. Uh, the blackmailer kind of shows up and apologizes to Owl and Bombo for you know what he had to do to get them in there. But he's like, hey, sorry about this. And then they all go on their merry way. The end credits of the movie is the kids riding their bikes on the bridge. The movie just stops like right there. Like, and uh, that's enough. Um, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, and I love that. I kind of like that moment a little bit where um, the like police chief is like, "Well, I know you had to do go undercover and get all this done to like the guy that quit," and he's just like, "Oh, yes, definitely on purpose," uh, you know, like <laughs> kind of thing. Um, I'll take my this- job back now. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and they have, like, a little bit of a, like, nodding apology kind of moment between the three of them, Uh, and yeah, then there's just fucking roll credits. What more do we need to see? Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the nice thing about some of these movies, too, is that uh, once the the actual action is done, we hit the climax, there's there's nothing left. We just roll credits. We're done. (laughs) We're done. (laughs) Very efficient, these movies. Exactly, yeah. So that is uh, The Owl versus Bombo, uh, which is uh, not easily available, I would say, right now. (laughs) I'd say unavailable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'd say it's a miracle we got to watch it for this podcast, actually. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but if it's a movie that uh, you're interested in, I'd, I'd recommend seeking it out if you can. It is pretty good. I liked it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Maybe it'll be on, like, movie or one of those weird streaming channels that, like, doesn't don't really exist uh, kind of thing. <laughs> Keep, keep an eye out, I guess. All right, there you go. So that's the Owl versus Bombo. Uh, let's move on to some letterbox reviews. How about that, Mike? Oh, there's even letterbox reviews. Uh, the, you know, there are only about 20 reviews logged on Letterbox uh, for this movie, uh, including one that I wrote myself, actually. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I won't read that one, but uh, a few people uh, that have had stuff to say about uh, the Owl versus Bombo. Uh, here's a uh, no star review from Carlo V. Not like it's no stars, but just like yeah, no rating. Unrated. Uh, a real monkey's paw of a movie where you only get Michelle Yeoh, Samo dancing, and a cribbed Escape from New York soundtrack in one package if you're willing to sit through a tired stand-and-deliver plot that, of course, still ends in a warehouse brawl. <laughs> How <laughs> yeah, could it not? That tracks, you know? I get it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Here's a three-star review from Nth. Uh, a strangely conceived film, even by Samo standards. Samo Hung and George Lamb are criminals who retire after large-scale heists. Lamb takes up polo. Samo teaches women's aerobics, uh, only to be blackmailed into volunteering at a center for juvenile delinquents. That this veers wildly between earnest melodrama and goofy comedy shouldn't be surprised, although the film finds time for not one, but two lengthy monologues by teenagers about the crippling spiritual weight of poverty and survival sex work is genuinely unexpected. Uh, the, the action scenes are fine, but so perfunctory, they may as well have been contractual obligations. Samo's heart is clearly in his several scenes of extended physical comedy, two of which, a tap dance number with Deanie Ip and Samo trying to pick up a cherry with a spoon at a fancy restaurant, are the easy highlights of the film. We could have done a whole hour podcast in that one review. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, here's a three-star review from Laird. Uh, after the setup, which is a bank robber and a guy who defrauded gangsters get an anonymous call that brings them together a year after their crimes, I wasn't expecting this to turn into Stand and Deliver. Well, if Stand and Deliver were interrupted by a few slapstick and martial arts sequences, almost totally worth watching just for the Samo dance sequence. 
Yeah, that that tap dance scene is really the highlight of the whole movie. Yes, it is, and I believe that tap dance scene is on YouTube. If you go check it out, it's it's pretty great. Nice. Uh, here's a two and a half star review from Joe Campbell. Samo and the gang usually hits for me, even when the movies aren't great, but this is a real oddity, going light in the slapstick and action in a plot that makes less sense than usual. A little charm to be found here, but Samo seems to be struggling with material that relies less on his usual shenanigans, yet he's still just here to goof in front of the camera. Watch this mainly from Michelle Yeoh's first credited performance in which she's a token romantic interest and doesn't get to do any action. <laughs> uh, ends in the obligatory action set piece that, of course, closed out the movie on a killer high note. Yeah, I'm really glad the uh, the warehouse showdown is like the staple of yes, these movies. Absolutely, it's so fun, 100%. And uh, finally, got one more. It's a two and a half star review from Will Sloan. What is cinema, you ask? Cinema is when Sammo Hung's gigantic ass fills the screen as he leaps back to his feet after being kicked across the room. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cinema, baby. Yeah, there you go. So uh, that is The Owl versus Bombo, and uh, yeah, we liked it. I think it's a good start to this podcast, actually. Yeah, it's a lot of fun um, as somebody uh, that hasn't seen a lot of these movies, so this doesn't feel particularly like rote yet uh so you know it, it may be a kind of perfunctory or, or or like middling movie in the like larger sambo hung canon or whatever in the michelle yo canon uh but it's a good starting point for the podcast and and you know i was, I was surprised uh, pleasantly surprised that it was not just a kind of like 30 second oh that's michelle yo oh she walked off screen we'll never see her again uh, <laughs> right. kind of role she was in it for a while so that was nice yes yeah absolutely i believe next week it's gonna be one of those kind of roles <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I think that about wraps it up for this week. Mike, where can we find you online this week? You can find me at MD Film Blog on Twitter and Letterboxd. And if you'd like to donate to support the show, you could do that at our Kofi page, which is Kofi.com slash Mike and Mike Pods, plural, because we have two podcasts. Yes, we do. And you can find me online at M Smith Film Blog on Twitter, Mike Smith Film on Letterboxd, and Radio Mike Sandwich on Instagram. Thanks so much for listening to Complete It Works. I'm Mike Smith. That's Mike DeCrecio. Don't forget to rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts or any other podcast app. And if you want to contact us, hit us up at Complete Works Pod on Twitter. And you can find the rest of our podcast on Rapture Press alongside many other podcasts about comic books and movie news and all that good stuff. Our theme song was created by Kyle Cullen, who you can reach for your own podcast themes at Kyle's Podcast Themes at gmail.com. Our logo was designed by Mac V or at Fearless Guard on Twitter. Uh, join us next week at the Complete Works, where we'll be talking Michelle Yeoh's cameo appearance in the third film of the Lucky Stars series. Uh, this is called Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. Uh, have you watched any of the other <laughs> Lucky Stars movies, Mike? I'm guessing no. Uh, you know, I haven't even heard of them. Uh, fair. <laughs> I have not seen them either. Uh, I believe, I, I mean, they're I believe Sam Hung also directed Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars. Uh, and I believe Jackie Chan's in it, I want to say. Uh, I mean, it's okay. it sounds like uh, it's uh, like the Lucky Stars are like a gang in the movie where like it was a bunch of, it was almost like the Expendables of its day where it's just like a lot, right. of, a lot of the big, you know, Hong Kong actors of the 80s kind of popping up in there. So I believe Jackie Chan's a part of it. I think Samuel Hung's a part of it. And Michelle Yeoh pops up for like a second in this movie. Nice. That'll so, be fun. Yeah, we'll be talking about Twinkle Twinkle Lucky Stars next week. And as always, check out our other podcast, Mike and Mike Go to the Movies, if you want to hear us talk about all kinds of recent releases, classic films, ranked list, and a lot more. Thanks so much for listening, guys, and thanks for taking it, yo. 